Welcome to the Leadership Playbook. My name is Emily Hawkins. How I used to introduce myself is, I have 15 years in supply chain, creating and leading teams, streamlining processes, managing millions of dollars. Except that's not what I do anymore. I'm a career and life coach. And I wanna take you on the journey of how to lead yourself, how to take your career to the next level, whatever that may be. I'm gonna give you tangible advice on exactly how to do what you want to do. Lead and love your life. Today, we are gonna talk about how to untangle from the comparison trap to win the job market. But let's be real. This can apply to any aspect of your life, your career that you currently have going. You don't necessarily want to look for a job. That's fine. This can apply to you. It's about untangling yourself from the comparison trap and actually using it as a gift and a tool. So what I want to start with is actually the definition of comparison, just because I think we get spun up in our heads about what comparison really is. And I just want to get bare bones. I want to pull out the Webster's Dictionary and tell you that comparison is a consideration or estimate of the similarities or dissimilarities between two things or people. Now, how lovely does that sound? It sounds like when you're in the second grade and you're learning comparison and you're writing a paper on the difference between frogs and snakes, right? So helpful, so harmless, just helping you categorize things in your mind, helping you put things in place, right? But you and I both know that comparison and the trap that is comparison goes so much deeper the older we get. And, you know, I've heard over and over again that comparison is the thief of joy, But what I will tell you is I actually think it's the thief of fulfillment, which is where joy comes from. Comparison in its root is really to protect us. When I think of my own life and where comparison can be and was helpful was in grade school and even in middle school and high school to certain degrees because it was helping me understand social norms and fit in right? I didn't say belong. I said fit in. There's a big difference there. In order to make friends, people have to see some sort of similarity in you. In elementary school, it's, oh, she plays with Barbies and I like Barbies. She likes dolls and I like dolls. He likes trucks and I like trucks. Like it's very simple, right? But that's what draws people to you is they see similarities in themselves in you. And that is how we form friendships. In middle school, it's about the shirt you're wearing or how you wear your hair. And I had super curly, frizzy hair in middle school. And I compared myself to all the straight haired girls that I just, oh, I thought their hair was so beautiful. And my hair was not at all at the time, I didn't think, right? So that is a form of comparison that's not as helpful, right? But in my mind, no one would see their similarity in me if I had that hair. So nobody wanted to be my friend right? So as we get older, we can let go of some of those things, but they did serve us. Comparison serves you well when you are a newborn and you're finding your hand for the first time. When you're in grade school, when you're in middle school, when you're in high school. Now, don't hang out with the wrong people. Don't compare yourself to the people that are doing risky things. But it's really there 
to help you fit in and form friendships. And what does that do? It creates connection in your life, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I don't want you to forget that a level of comparison can be helpful. A level of comparison and benchmarking is what I learned in graduate school and and actually in undergrad. I remember having to write a paper on benchmarking. Benchmarking is looking at an organization's good, bad, ugly, and then seeing how your company can do it differently better. Y'all, that is a fancy business word for comparison. So (laughs) benchmarking is great, right? Because when you say benchmarking, you say, oh, there are better, potentially better ways of doing it, but let's learn from the people who are doing it the best the first time. Which leads me to my next point. How do you take comparison and take away the ugly and only use the positive from it and turn it into benchmarking? So we're gonna take comparison and turn it into benchmarking for your career. So let's talk about the most basic form of comparison. You see friends, colleagues, old boyfriends, girlfriends, whoever, living life, air quotes, successfully. Now, what I want you to say there to yourself is, you're only seeing the highlight reel. You're not seeing the messy middle. You're not seeing the parts of their lives where, okay, you're on LinkedIn and they got a promotion and it's the second promotion they've gotten in two years and you're just like, dang, Sally is lighting the world on fire and I am so behind. But what you don't know is that Sally is also going through a divorce and a custody battle with her children or that Sally's mom is really sick or that she actually hates the job that she has, but she feels this fear of losing it because it's where her self-worth lives. We are not our successes. And if you are judging people by one area of their life, but you're, you're comparing your entire 100% of your life to that, it's completely unfair. It's completely unfair. So please know that. You have beautiful successes in your life in different areas, in different places. And they're incredibly important to embrace because while comparison and benchmarking is key in your elementary school years, it's great when you're in college too because you can then say, hmm, I think I wanna do it differently, right? Because that's what benchmarking truly is. Comparison is, not a healthy thing. Benchmarking, like I said before, you are now looking at certain things and saying, how can I do it better? And I will tell you from my personal life, oh man, I wanted that corner office. I wanted that senior director, COO, I don't know, name the title. It really wasn't even a title for me. It was just a level of worthiness you know I wanted everybody to know that I was really good at what I did and that meant working you know 80 hour weeks missing out on my children my marriage started to fall apart you know all the things so again I had this success in one area and everything else was falling apart and man I was clawing clawing 
to get to that next level. It was so incredibly hard to get to that next level. And then I had to step back and say, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way of doing this. And when I say this, I mean parenting, marriage, job, making an impact on society, being successful. There has to be something else that's better than this. So I actually let go of the benchmarking of the corporate world for myself to do my own thing because that was something I really wanted. But if that's not for you, what I will tell you is, who is doing it well? Who in your sphere, who on LinkedIn that you're connected to is living that dream that you want? Identify at least three to five people doing what you want to be doing. Maybe you're not connected to them and please don't pick Oprah. We're not talking Oprah level. We're talking friend that you went to you know, elementary school with and you're connected to. Or a friend of a friend, you know, a, a second connection or something. Those loose ties actually have a lot more influence on your life than you would think. So think about those people. So we're not gonna go contact Bill Gates. Boy, he's got enough on his plate right now. We are gonna contact people in our sphere of influence, right? What are they doing well? What are they doing well? And why? Become a scientist on these people. Because this is the benchmark for you to decide on that next career level. Because if you can talk to three to five people in your sphere that are doing it well, and you ask them point blank questions of how did you get here? What do you think was the deciding factor here? What made the biggest difference there? Wow. You just have a lot of great benchmarking information to know what it takes to get to that next level, right? But we're benchmarking. We're not going to do it like them. We're going to do it better. We're going to do it so much better. But we have to get gather the information first. And that leads me to step two. What is step two? What sets you apart? Uh, if you join my course, Market Me, I actually have you take some tests. The tests are not IQ tests. They're strengths tests. They're actually things that set you apart. And the reason I have you take those along with some motivators is because I want you to understand your version of doing it better, right? So you're going to talk to these three to five people. What do they do well? What do they feel like set them apart or did, you know, got them to the next level? And then you're going to write down your brand of success. Maybe you're really great with numbers. Maybe you're super organized. Maybe you're a great listener. Maybe you're a great note taker. Maybe you're a great observer. Why does that matter? Because in observation is where some of the greatest inventions happen. And then now you have a basis for your next level. So you're not going to sit on social media and cry with a bottle of wine and some crackers. Ritz are my favorite, by the way. I would just binge those suckers. Uh, so you're not going to sit over there and, and compare 
You're going to benchmark because you, my friend, are ready for that next level. And I want to sit, I want to end this with a Teddy Roosevelt quote. It's one of my favorites. Brene Brown definitely made this more famous. It was already very famous, but I want to tell you it again. Why? Because it is something that when I was growing my business and doing things differently than others, I literally had taped to my computer. So when I would do a live webinar for the first few times and they were terrible, I had Teddy Roosevelt's words staring me in the face and telling me, you got this, it's okay. So without further ado, I want to share with you the man in the arena. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better than better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do that deeds, the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions? Who spends himself in a worthy cause? Who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement? And who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly? So that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I'm coming to you live from my arena. Join me. Benchmark and beat the competition to win the role that will fulfill you so that comparison does not become the thief of your fulfillment. Benchmarking becomes your asset. Did you love what you heard today? and you want more, sign up for my weekly email in the show notes. It's packed with tips and tricks to lead and love your life. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram by typing in Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. I'll see you here next week.